Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Facillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. And we're really going into the breach today. You'll understand in a second on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. All of you know what I'm about to say. Download the Veritop app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And if you like Joe and I, we'd ask you, if you're inclined to following us on social media, please focus on either Rumble or Twitter. Um, because Facebook and YouTube, needless to say, you could build up an audience, you could work for years, and they'll take you down in a second if you simply talk about strengthening marriage and, and families, which we're going to do today with a friend of the show, Damian O'Connor, who is the Vice President of Evangelization and Faith Formation with the Knights of Columbus. Uh, Damian, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe, brother. Thank you, brothers. I'm blessed to be back with you both. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. And so just so everybody knows out there, uh, the subject of this conversation is Into the Breach, the mission of the family. Uh, this is a video series, all five episodes of which can be viewed on the website, which is K uh, KFC, that's Knights of Columbus, kfc.org forward slash mission of the family. And the video series, as I said, focuses on strengthening Catholic marriages and their families. Now, some of you out there uh, know Damien. Uh, for those of you who do not, Damien was hired by the Knights of Columbus in the fall of 2017 as the Director of Catholic Information Service. In 2018, he was promoted to Senior Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation for the Fraternal Mission Department. In 2021, he was promoted to Vice President of Evangelization and Faith Formation. His primary responsibility include developing programs to position the Knights as the premier Catholic organization committed to strengthening Catholic family life and men's spirituality. In addition to, in addition to developing several other initiatives, uh, Damien oversaw the development of the Faith in Action program model, the Into the Breach video series, the first one, and the Into the Breach video series, which we're going to be discussing today. So thanks again, Damien. I just want to let our audience uh, know a little bit more about you for those who did not. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. This is going to be a great conversation. Damien, we always start with a prayer to Our Lady in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember, our most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, for those who do not know who the Knights of Columbus are, they are a great organization. I am a third-degree knight. They do great things. And they are Catholic men who are in the breach, and that's what this is all about. Um, the topic at hand, it's a movie. As Joe said, Into the Breach, The Mission of the Family. This is basically 
Into the Breach 2.0. You guys had your first movie that came out. It was on uh, Bishop Olmsted, who is out in Joe's land in the great state of Arizona. It was based upon a letter that he wrote, phenomenal letter. I recommend that you read that as well. It's very direct, and it's right on the point. It's spot on, 100%. Everything he says, everyone should pay 100% attention to, but we're going to talk about this movie. It's talking about strengthening families. Damien, let's get into it. We know we might have to strengthen the family. Why is that? Why now is this important? Well, there's a quote that I wish I had said it. It was said years ago, and it, it really resonated with me as someone who works for the Knights. And the person said, the Knights of Columbus always become whom God has called us to be. And we say that with all humility. And so at this particular time, we see that there is a need to teach again about sacramental marriage. It's very tempting to look at all the, the examples out there where people are not living their faith. They're not living a sacramental marriage. And it's easy to be critical. And maybe we should to a certain extent. But ultimately, I think we're what the Knights are trying to do now is get back to the basics, to teach people what does that mean to have a sacramental marriage. Uh, and it isn't all sunshines and rainbows, guys. It, there's a lot of struggles you go through in a marriage. But it's about getting back to the basics of making Christ the center of your marriage. And we talk about ways in which to do that. Let's do that. Actually, let's define some terms. What is a sacramental marriage? Because here's the deal. Okay. Joe went, Joe Pasillo went to Seton Hall. I went to Scranton. You went to Iona and Fordham. We're all around the same age. We all have the same type of friends. Guaranteed. We've probably been to 7 billion Catholic marriages, like 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 weddings. I've been to a billion, from poor ones to rich ones. I've been to every single one you could possibly imagine. Sacramentally speaking, I can't say many of my peers are living that type of marriage. And Pope Francis addressed this at the very beginning of his pontificate. He said most marriages are not sacramental. He is 100% correct in saying that. What he, he is. It's simply a fact. What is a sacramental marriage, Damien? Let's talk about that. I think that is a good starting point. Sure. It it brings me back to my wife and uh, I married up. We've been married 26 years. It brings me back to our pre-Cana weekend, right? A lot of people say they didn't like it. Ours was phenomenal. And we learned at that point, sacramental marriage. And I, I like, Joe, I like keeping things real basic. You know, I don't want to get too heavy theology here, but real basic sacramental marriage is is our marriage is but God is it's a covenant with God, the two of us. I remember being told at our pre-Cana weekend, you in your marriage are the living sign. You are the sacrament and how you live your faith. And that impacts society. And I remember being really intimidated when I heard that for the first time, because it's not something I was aware of. We are the sacrament. We need to live that, and God needs to be the center of everything that we do. Now, that message was drilled into us, and I don't think we're drilling that into couples nowadays. They need to understand what sacramental marriage is. I think they hear about how important it is at the when they get an annulment. You'll hear about couples saying, I didn't know it was this serious. I had no idea. Well, they learn more later on than they do early on, and sacramental marriage is where we are that sign. I've given up my life for this, not just for my wife, but it's also for my kids and for society. We need to be that sign. Uh, and it is intimidating, and I'm never qualified for it, but God is the center. God is the one that guides us. And it's an acceptance of that. And it's and that's easier said than done, but we have to, I don't know that we've been teaching that very well for many, many years, Joe. But uh, let me just also say it's faithful, fruitful, and forever. 
Yeah. Faithful, fruitful, and forever. I'll tell you about, because I've given pre-Cana talks. Mm -hmm. My wife, I'm very versed in in the topic. Mm -hmm. Um, When I got married, it was a Haitian priest. My wife is Mm Haitian-American. Went to the priest, and he asked me point blank what all that means. Let's talk about fruitful because there is the there's the the thing it's not just taking your kids to church and ccd that's the bare minimum and that's a requirement let me first say if you're not doing that i'm going to use a jersey term that's your ass because that's what you're supposed to do that's you're supposed to rear your children in the faith that's a promise that you made at the at the wedding that's your ass because that's what God is going to ask you. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, let's talk faith, fruitful. That means you can't contracept. Mm-hmm. Boom. The marriage isn't sacramental. If you go into your marriage knowing, if you say to me in the pre-Cana, we're not ready to have kids. And what I'm going to say to you, then you're not ready to get you're married. You're not ready to get married. You're yeah. not ready to get married. <laughs> and if you say, well, we're going to contracept then you're not getting married here. And and that's not being said. You see, the Haitian priest told me straight out, and he actually made me sign. I thought I was signing the book of life, as in God's going to show me that book, and if I don't do it, he'll beat me over the head with it. But there is the the, the rub. It's the contraception piece. Mm -hmm. And not only are Catholics contracepting, and they are, Everyone is contracepting in America. Talk about that because that's part of living a sacramental marriage. No contraception. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Again, and this is the difficulty we're dealing with here, Joe, is that society, we're going by what society's rules are. We're going by what society says is okay, and we're getting away from what the teachings of the church are. And so when couples are doing that, they are not in line with with God. They are not in line with, with, with human nature, with God himself. We're just not doing that at all. And so we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to understand that when you, when you are contracepting, when you are involved in that, you are completely turning away from God and, and what his will is for your life. And so, but it's easy to do. It's easy to fall into that, Joe. Everybody's doing it. So it must be okay. And it's not okay. So it's very difficult, honestly, sometimes to live that sacramental marriage because all my friends seem to be doing this and I need to live intentionally different than what I'm seeing in secular society. Yeah. Uh, Damien O'Connor is joining us here at the front line with Joe and you, Joe and Joe, for those of you who are just tuning in, we're discussing, we're discussing into the breach, the mission of the family, all five episodes of which it's a video series uh, can be viewed on the website, kfc.org forward slash mission of the family. Um, And it focuses on strengthening Catholic marriages and their families. Damien, let me, let me go in a, in a direction with you. Um, So father McGivney, all right, Mm -hmm. who founded the Knights. Okay. Mm -hmm. God, God bless him. Um, he cared deeply, of course, about the formation of men. I think we think along, uh, we think too abstractly in this country and, and, and in Catholic circles about exactly what's going on with manhood. Okay, because central to what you guys were just talking about is you, you have to be a Catholic man. You have to understand what it means to be a Catholic man. You have to live it out, even through struggles, because we all struggled. I want to clarify for the audience. No, nobody here in this conversation is walking on water. Okay. The difference is we don't embrace our sin. We struggle against it. We bring our sins to Jesus in the confessional. We're forgiven and we keep 
it moving, okay? But the attack, Damien, and where I want to go with you and I want your comments, I personally believe all of the sexual liberation movement of the 1960s, all of it, starting with Griswold uh, versus Connecticut, or starting with that decision, not Roe versus Wade, with Griswold, has been a constant attack and in many cases by the Supreme Court when it came to legalizing pornography, legalizing abortion, legalizing contraception, a direct attack on men, not women, men. Mm-hmm. Because in order for the diabolical agenda to go through, you have to tear down authentic masculinity and authentic manhood. That's the center. Out After Christ, that's the center of the family. You correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to throw it over to you. No, you're you are absolutely right. And it's extreme. It's tragic. I mean, what we're seeing, it's downright toxic. What's happened to men. You look at any T I know I'm preaching to the choir to you too. When you watch any commercial, watch any show, men, the men are, they're, they're, they've been, they're effeminate now. They're, they're, they have no idea. And they're, it's like mocking men. We're not able to make d- decisions. We don't know how to sacrifice. We don't know how to love. We don't know how to protect our family. Right. It, it, it's, we're just being attacked constantly. And if I'm consuming that, Right. In society, if that's all I'm doing is consuming there, whether it's through social media, my phone, TV, whatever that is. If I keep consuming that, I start to believe it. It becomes the normal. And I'm sorry, we need a new normal. And that new normal is going back to understanding what does it mean for me to be a man? How do I love my wife? How do I love my children? There are ways in which to do that where I am fulfilling what it means to be a man. It's in my DNA to do it. You see men struggling. They're, they're, they're reaching out for all kinds of different things because deep down, we are meant to be loving men, strong men, protecting, right? We're meant to do that. We're meant to take stands on issues. We're meant to be people of dignity, of integrity. We're meant to do that. But we're, we've lost that. We haven't been taught that. And the examples aren't out there. And so, again, I keep bringing up this word. We have got to be intentional about how we live our faith. I cannot, we do not live in a Christian culture anymore at all. And I'm not being negative. Damien, this is a pagan culture. It's as plain as the nose on your face. But but having said that, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying this is the reality, okay? So it's not a Christian culture anymore. So therefore, I must choose to be, choose to be apostolic. I must live my faith differently. I must choose the families that I want my families to be around. 50 years ago, my parents' generation, they didn't have to do that, have to worry about that anymore. We do now. I have to be careful who I, who I associate with and who, who I hang out with. I do. I have to be careful what comes into my house. Yeah. I have to protect my family. And we've talked, and I'm glory to God for this. You let me talk about my kids another time when they have special needs. I have to be careful. I protect them too. I really do. You know, it's just, it's part of my life, but men are not being taught that. And so in our series here, especially when it comes to marriage, again, we're just trying to teach them, you know, there is something else here. There's something beautiful here that you may never have heard of before. And we like to introduce you to that. And that's what we're trying to do with this series. Absolutely. I want to, Joe, Joe, let me stay there one second. I want, I want Damien to clarify something because I can, I can hear some voices out there. And briefly, Damien, there's not a long winded question. Briefly, tell our audience, 
Authentic masculinity doesn't mean you're you're 250 pounds and jacked and you can lift 300 pounds, okay? Or or a guy who's basically 110 pounds and never lifted a weight in his life. My point where I'm going with this is people have this misconception is what you look like physically is a measure of your manhood. Whereas the guy who, let's say for argument's sake, you could be anybody, all right? You could be a fatso like me, okay, and be a strong man. And you could be one of these buff guys that goes to the gym and be completely feminized. Because I think that's one of the misconceptions that we have in our culture. Like you said, there's, we we say, oh, he's a real guy. Why? Because he why? Because he could bench press 300 pounds? He knows, I'll take that guy who never lifted a weight in his life, yet he knows how to take care of his wife and kids and put food on the table and worship God. Quick Amen. comment on that, because I think that's a big misconception. Yeah, absolutely. My quick comment that is, is I'm going to bring up a, a quarterback from the used to be on the Patriots, who I know New Yorkers probably don't like, but Tom Brady, he was he's considered like this one incredible man, right? From the media. He's a beautiful wife. Now it's ex-wife, great kids, his life is perfect, this and that. And yet he often said he's struggling, deeply struggling with there's gotta be something more. So he is not a good model. He is not a good model at all because he doesn't have Christ at the center of his life. My model is St. Joseph. It's not Tom Brady. St. Joseph, right? Who right. never spoke. We don't have a word of him in scripture anywhere. But he's an incredible example of what it means to be a man. He worked hard. He protected his family. He, he did whatever he had to do to help Christ grow up in the faith. All these attributes that we see in, in Jesus himself as humanity, he learned a lot of this probably a lot, almost all of it from his dad, right? From Joseph. We forget that. He wasn't just right. in, in a cave somewhere. He was taught how to live and how to be respectful and how to share your faith. That was from his dad. He was extremely manly. And you don't have to say it. We don't have to have a word of him in scripture to know that. How amazing is that? If you're just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Damien O'Connor from the Knights of Columbus, he's with us to talk about the new video series, five episodes of which can be viewed on KFC, KOFC, the Knights of Columbus, KOFC.org forward slash mission of the family, uh, talking about strengthening Catholic marriages and their families. Joe Racinola, where do you want to go? I want to circle back to sacramental marriage, then talk about formation. We talked mm -hmm. about uh, Father McGivney. I want to go to Patrick Kelly, who is the Supreme Knight. First sacrament marriage. Why? We talked about what it is. Why do it? Well, I'm going to tell you why, because Damien said it. Marriage is hard. Marriage, you want to have a real marriage? It's hard. And God knows that. So he gives you a sacrament, the sacrament of marriage, which gives you divine grace to make it happen. I'm going to be very bold. I don't believe in civil marriage because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It has a 50% fail rate. If I, if the three of us were going to go into a business and Damien said, we have a one in two shot of failing, I might not go in because it doesn't work. But marriages that are sacramental, that do not contracept, where families pray together, six out of 10,000 people, six couples out of 10,000 get divorced. It works because God's grace is there. So that's why you want to do it. That's why you want to do it. It's not just to tick a box. You want to do it because you want to succeed, not just for your spouse, but for your kids. Comment, and I'm speaking truthfully, look up what I just said. That's not dogma. That's sociological fact. Now let's talk formation. We talked about uh, Father McGivney. He cared mm -hmm. about forming men. Very important. You don't just flip a switch and get formed. You don't go from the bachelor party to the marriage bed and think you're going to be formed. Doesn't work that way. 
doesn't work that way. It takes time. You have to have discipline, self-discipline, prayer life. We're going to get into all that. But Patrick Kelly recently, were you at that speech, by the way? It was on EWTN. I, I think was. I saw you at in the audience, by the way. I was like, oh, there's, there's our buddy. I saw the speech. I was very impressed. I got to be honest with you because he's talking about formation. He says, if you fix the man, you fix society. Correct. Because if the man has his act together and goes to church, your kids have a 70% chance of becoming faithful Catholics. Whereas if the man doesn't, it's very small that your kids are good. That's just one aspect. But formation, it's what it's all about. Talk about the mantra of this new Supreme Night, because I'm going to be honest with you. I was highly impressed. And I'm not just saying this because you're on. I thought his message he gets it. He's diagnosing the problem and he's putting forth a solution. And I thank you for saying that. And I'm not what I'm about to say is not because he's our boss. I deeply respect him. He is a true leader. He absolutely gets that everything we do has to be based in formation and evangelization. It permeates everything else that we do. He's being extremely bold. And if I may, uh, my brothers, he's being courageous to say faith comes first. And to you and I, that makes perfect sense, right? But out there, we're known for our service work. We really are. And he's saying, okay, let's start with faith and let that permeate all that we do so that our charitable work that we're known for be, is now becomes mission work. And so he's set an incredible example. And again, I'm not just saying that because he's my boss. I would not be here if not for him. I am deeply inspired by him in the direction that he's taking us. And another thing, if I may throw in here, we are now having guys asking us to join the Knights. Normally we go out and try to recruit and we still do that. But now men are coming to us saying, I want to be part of this because they have this desire to grow in their faith and they didn't know where else to turn. As sad as that is, now they're starting to come to us and I'm not tooting our horn and we're not doing it perfectly, but isn't that interesting? When you put that out there and saying, we want to help you grow in your faith, become a better man, better husband, come to us. We're going to try to help you with that. Guys, you now want to join. And, and I think that's for all the right reasons. Yeah, one of the great things is I, I feel so blessed. Uh, quick story. I met um, I met someone here in Arizona the, while working, a young man, right? And we, we hit it off and we formed a friendship. And I hadn't seen him for a while because I transferred uh, from the place I worked. So I ran into him a few months ago at one of the parishes here in, in Scottsdale, okay? And I, I and he's not Catholic, right? And I happened to run into him. And we started talking, all right? And, and his fiance uh, and my wife started talking. So long, long story short is uh, he's in our CIA. He's uh, coming into the church. And we went out to dinner last night, and he asked me to be his godfather, and I was That's blown great. away. But in the in the process of the conversation, he said, um, "You know, over here, he goes. I, I visited with the Knights of Columbus. He goes, and I, and I think you know, once I'm once I'm confirmed, I think I want to join." I said, "You know, I tried it when I was in Brooklyn, and I I was kind. I said, but I'm willing to try it again um, because I do have the third degree, even though I I fell away from it, Damien. I'm not going to lie to you. Sure. Only and mainly because of this is because." I want to give it another shot because I think we need, as Catholic men, iron sharpens iron. So mm -hmm. we need to be around Catholic men who are doing all the things that you're that you're talking about right now. Now, where, where do I want to go with this is all these words get thrown around in our culture. The one most abused word is love because mm -hmm. people do not know what love is. Talk about love in the context of, the, of, of what, we, what we mean as Catholics by love and how does a Catholic man love? 
a Catholic man, I, I've given this a lot of thought, and I'm, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit, but I love by modeling, again, St. Joseph. I, I love through sacrificing. Bingo. I, I love through, when I experience suffering, as we all do, I, I accept it and offer it to God to prayer. It's one of the most powerful forms of prayer. So any, it could be emotional, could be physical. And I've had all of that, as we all probably have. When I experience that suffering in my marriage, I offer that up to God. It's a powerful form of prayer. We join in his redemption of the world when we do that. And so sometimes the suffering could be, I'm suffering watching my wife deal with something very tragic. And I'm going to help her with that. I, I'm going to sacrifice myself for that. Marriage is not loving in marriage in particular and with your kids is, is about giving of myself, dying unto myself for them. And at times it's extremely difficult, but I will also say it's extremely fulfilling. It gives you real focus, brothers, to, to really realize that when I sacrifice, it, it, it's like the whole lane that was super wide gets super narrow. It's super clear what I'm called to do here uh, as I'm loving. It also means protection, right? It also means teaching, especially with my kids and, and in my family. Um, and being that model, that's what I need to do. And I think we've gotten away from men being people of integrity, integrity. So sometimes I'll talk to say to people, well, I can't handle that guy because he's driving me crazy or this or that. And my answer is no matter what, no matter what your response is going to be, always be a person of integrity, no matter what. And that separates us men um, from, from others that are not living that way. And I think that is a loving thing to do. So there, there's several ways to go at it, but it does come back to St. Joseph and modeling him. I want to, Joe, we're going to go to a break in, a, in, in about a minute or two, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. Um, it's, it, I'm glad you mentioned, Damien, um, integrity. And in the couple minutes before we go to the break, Catechism 409 basically lays out a lot of this in a very short but very powerful paragraph. And we always allude to it on the show that all of human history, uh, as our Lord tells us, has been a dour combat between man and the forces of evil. And it ends, it goes on, and then it ends at the bottom. It says, and it's by the grace of God and by struggle that man finds his own inner integrity. Why am I bringing this up? And I want a quick comment. You guys mentioned it ain't easy. And I can hear men out there say, you know, okay, I'm trying to sacrifice to my family. My view is this. You're never, the light, you can't wait for all the lights to be green to get in your car and go to work. Mm -hmm. it, it's never going to work that way. If you're waiting to be perfect before you evangelize, before you do things, it's not going to happen. you got to start now. Broken, wounded, needing to go to confession and everything. We're all in the same boat, okay? Talk about moving forward towards integrity, um, and that it is a struggle, but it's true that sacrifice that you were just talking about, that's why it's so fulfilling and so important. I got about a minute or two before the break, Damien. Sure. He just said, you, know, you said a lot there, but what, it, what, what I immediately think of, and we try to model this in the Knights of Columbus the last 141 years of our existence, you must keep moving forward. If we get into the trap, and, and the three of us could easily get into this trap right now of just reacting to all the toxicity out there, right? It actually hurts us more than helps us. As a Catholic man, I need to keep moving forward, no matter what I'm dealing with, how difficult the struggle is. If I keep slowing down to react, that takes me potentially in the wrong direction, and I get stuck. I have to keep moving forward and, and avoid it because these, it's tempting to react to all these things, get angry at it. And that's exactly what the evil one wants. He does not want us moving forward. You just nailed it, Joe. That's what we have to be doing. 
Well, the, I, I, I've said a million times, the, the, the enemy can't stand Catholic men acting like Catholic men. Because mm -hmm. if that happened, Joe Rasinola makes a great point, and then we're going to go to the break. Joe said, if, if Catholic men in particular, okay, all Catholics should, but Catholic men in particular started to get back to the ABCs of the faith, praying a rosary every day, frequent confession, mass every Sunday, okay, and hopefully could throw in an hour, an hour of adoration, how important that is, every week, this country changes overnight. You don't need political messiahs. You won't have abortion laws getting passed in Ohio, all right, uh, a supposed red state. They just passed a radical abortion law uh, in Ohio. Those things don't happen if Catholic men start acting like Catholic men. That's why we have you here, Damian O'Connor, because you did the series Into the Breach, The Mission of the Family. And this is going to be available for all of you out there. You can watch all five episodes of the video series at kofc.org forward slash mission of the family, which focuses on strengthening Catholic marriages and their families. So Damian O'Connor is with us here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We have another great segment coming up. Join the family here at Veritas Catholic Radio. Know your faith better. Live your faith better with what you hear at Veritas Catholic Radio. It's John Harper, our fall pledge drive in full swing, 440-837-4827, 440-VERITAS. That's the number you call with your tax-deductible pledge. To Veritas Catholic Radio, we come to you twice a year to ask for your support. We are 100% listener-supported, and we come to you now at this time of the year to ask you to help us cover our operating expenses for the next six months. We operate on a very lean budget here at Veritas Catholic Radio, and thanks be to God for your generosity because you have kept us on the air, and we have grown this apostolate here in the Diocese of Bridgeport based on your generosity. How much has God given to you? Just a couple of weeks ago, we heard the gospel about the widow's might. How many times do you hold back? Will you be generous right now? Will you dig deep? Will you bless yourself? Bless Veritas Catholic Radio with your donation. Whatever it might be, big or small, 440-837-4827. The number to call, 440-837-4827. Always safe, secure online, veritascatholic.com and the Veritas Catholic Radio app as you and I are on this journey through life to our eternal home and every single day is an opportunity to love him and serve him. You know that. What are you doing to bring others to him? Well, Catholic Radio is evangelization for shy people, as you've heard Steve Ray say, and this is your opportunity to keep Catholic Radio on the air here in the Diocese of Bridgeport and beyond. 440-837-4827 for your pledge now. 440-837-4827. Keep a voice for the Catholic Church on the air with your donation right now. And your donation is also an investment in younger Catholics. The message they hear at Veritas Catholic Radio plants the seeds of the Holy Spirit in them. Join the family right now with your pledge 440-837-4827. Join the family at Veritas Catholic Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Facillo and Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach with Damien O'Connor of the Knights of Columbus. He is the vice president of evangelization and faith formation. Uh, we encourage all of you to view the newly uh, produced video series, all five episodes of which can be viewed on the website, kfc.org forward slash mission of the family. So the subject of it is into the breach, the mission of the family. Joe Resinello, where do you want to start? I just want to comment on uh, something that Damien said regarding sacrifice and integrity. It's very important. Love is sacrificial. And I think this is a this is the crux of a lot of failed marriages. Love isn't all about the honeymoon. The honeymoon ends when you get up at two in the morning because your kid just threw up in the crib. 
-hmm. There's nothing like that's not a honeymoon. And marriage is meant to be sacrificial because all love is sacrificial. And this is why I think a lot of marriages end. Secular marriages don't understand that. You see, Christ brought that into society. He redeemed sacrifice. And if we don't fully embrace that and understand that going in, the likelihood that your marriage is going to work is not going to be strong. That's point one. Talk about integrity. Very important. How do we stay on that road? Frequent confession. This is not talked about enough from the pulpit, but I'm going to talk about it, and I say it all the time. You are not going to grow in virtue on your own. You're not going to grow in virtue by reading books. You need the grace of God, and you need confession to keep you accountable, and that breeds integrity because I know if I do something wrong and I do things wrong, I'm not perfect. I live in a house. I have five young children. I have to confess it. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you on the road. That makes you a person of integrity. Please comment on that because we cannot do it on our own. That's exactly right. I I immediately think of we were on vacation in Colorado. It was during the Triduum, tiny little parish, incredible homilist. And he said to us, the following. He said, I want you to think of the holiest priest you've ever met in your life. And so we all have that in our heads. And he said, okay, if that priest watches pornography every day for a week, he will lose his vocation. And I, I, I gasped, right? So why do I share that? Whether or not that's true, it, it, but it might be, Joe, it's, it's a reminder that we have to be intentional about what we are consuming. We have to be intentional about who we hang out with. We have to be intentional about our sacramental life. Are we frequenting the sacraments? Do I remember that I need to go to confession often because I screw up constantly? And most importantly, do I remember that I am powerless without God, especially in a sacramental marriage? It's not sacramental if God is not the center of that marriage. I'm powerless without him. So let's stop trying to be powerful and this whatever this macho crazy stuff that men try to do and realize I become a man when I surrender my life to God. And then he guides me. He leads me no matter what I have to deal with. If it's even if I'm suffering, it's for God and it's for my family. But it's fascinating that one homily struck with me because it's true. Because we think, well, I'm Catholic and I do this and I do that. I'm holier than most people. Really interesting. Now I just said I'm smarter than the evil one. And I never will be. So you have to be very, very careful about what we're consuming and how intentional we are or not about our faith life. Damien, let me ask you this, because you, you just mentioned, I think you triggered something uh, in my mind. Uh, the need to be humble. You mentioned St. Joseph. Um, that mm-hmm. what you just described seems to be smacks of pride. We have this we have this pride, and and we're proud of our pride, you know, like in, in American <laughs> culture anyway, right? In other words, very private. I don't need God. I got this. Talk about the necessity, the necessity in this whole conversation that underlying it is humility. God, I know who you are. I know who I am. I'm not you, and I need to listen to you. Throw it over sure, to you. Sure. I've had I've had many conversations with men that they 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 try to show how they've got it all together. They're not bringing God in at all, and they you know they're trying to handle this, handle that. And I, it sounds like I'm being sarcastic. Maybe it's because I'm from New York originally, but I'll say to them, "How's that working out for you?" I mean, really. Let's talk yeah. about that. I'm not being critical of you, but how's that working out? Because I could not live my life the way I want to and, and experience the joy that I experience almost every day 
if God wasn't the center of it? And they look at you with this blank stare because they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? Because they're trying to handle everything and be macho this or maybe not be a man at all. I don't know what's going on, right? How's it working out? Because I'm joyful. I love my marriage. I love my kids. I love, I'm very blessed. Do you, are you blessed? Do you, do you realize that? And so I actually just ask them, how's that working out? Then it leads into great conversations because these men are struggling. And, and to be fair, it sounds like I'm being critical. I think so many people are hungering to have a, a successful marriage. They just don't even know where to begin. You know, I, I think they begin by, by watching their video series. Maybe that's a that's going to be a really good. And I'm so. not just saying that because again, it's evangelization. It's 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 speaking the truth. Joe Arsenello and I say it all the time. You got to get into the breach, as this video series is titled. You got to get in there and you got to speak the truth. All right, the, that's a good place to start. Start with this video series if you want to. If you want to know where to go, start there, and then we'll keep it moving. Joe Arsenello. I want to swing it back to Patrick Kelly. Why mm-hmm. I think he's on point mm-hmm. because. You see with the Knights, the service, that's the top of the iceberg. The iceberg has to be deep. And that goes for any person, man, woman, priest, nun. You have to have prayer life. You have to be deep. Because what you're talking about, what you just talked about, people don't know who God is. What do you mean? Uh, I'm a Catholic. I go to church. Do you know who he is? Do you know him? You see, when you know him and you experience the grace of God, you go to Mass every day. Mm-hmm. You don't know what life would be without him. We have to introduce men to Christ. And you do that a couple ways. We could talk about adoration. It's not as confrontational. I'm confrontational, as you might imagine. No, really? <laughs> but <laughs> adoration isn't confrontational. Because you and it's the best and most effective way a man who might be struggling. And I always say to this to people, Christ knows your heart better than anybody. Sit before the blessed sacrament. This could be your prayer. I don't know who you are, but I want to or help me. Give me peace. I'm having a difficult time. Hmm. Sit before the Lord and you'll meet him. And your world will change. Your world will change. Talk about that. Introducing men to Christ. I mean, really, not ticking the box, being like, that's God on the altar. And I know it. He's in my heart. He's next to me in everything that I do. Because if we do that, then everything else falls into place. See, you guys, thank you for, I love that intro. When you think about it, I think it's John's gospel, chapter one, when the apostles and the disciples, they meet Jesus on the road and and he says, come and see, right at the end of that. And everyone knows that line. It's actually come and you will see. What's interesting about that is why didn't Jesus just explain himself right there? Why didn't he just talk about it? He didn't because they have to encounter him. He said, come and you will see. So I think Christ, we know that, and I say this to my team all the time, any products or whatever we're creating um, for our guys out in the field, I always say to them, if this isn't bringing our guys closer to Christ, then we're wasting our time. Jesus is saying to all of us, bring them to me. I think we, Joe, we worry about all the details too much. He's saying, bring them to me. If that's adoration, part of bringing them to adoration is teaching them what's happening here at adoration, right? Guys don't know. Sometimes you have to, you have to teach them, but at the end of the day, He's saying, bring them to me and I'll take care of the rest. But it's fascinating in John's gospel where he doesn't just 
explain it. You have to encounter him. So he goes, come on. And you will see it's a promise that he gives us. My uh, one of the one of the things that I, I love so much, um, I think I mentioned to Damon the last time you were on, we, we have a foster son who, God willing, the process is going to get done quickly. He'll be our adopted son. Uh, but he is our son. I mean, we, we raise him as, you know, assuming it's all going to happen. I love that. And, and again, it speaks to what Joe was talking about, speaks to what you were just talking about, um, where, where you see Jesus in action. How about this? My wife goes to adoration every Saturday. Now I'm able to, by the grace of God, because my schedule changed at work, so it's an absolute blessing. So now I could get there too. And when my wife's sitting, waiting to go to the confessional, right, in the back of the church where the confession box is, right, my son goes right up to the front pew <laughs> because he already understands that that's Jesus. This is a kid who, again, was in a foster system since he's five years old. He knows Christ because he recognizes Christ in the Eucharist, and he'll sit there while my wife's in line for confession. He'll sit there for a half hour, an hour, and he'll just talk to Jesus. He'll open his prayer book, um, and Jesus is responding to him. You know, and and people think that that's that's just you Catholics talking. Jesus, no, no, no. Jesus is there. Talk about that, because I think I think sure you know, out of the out of the mouth of babes. I think I I heard something like that in Scripture. Absolutely, and you just nailed it. But he also knows it's Christ because you taught him. You taught him, right? You. Yes. You explained it to him. Now, as an adult, and it, we have this, well, there's a there's person in our series that talks about it's never too late because you think, let's say a guy's 50 years old and he never really has encountered Christ. Uh, it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. You could absolutely introduce him to confession again through an adoration. He may have more questions. Okay, no problem. Let's open up chapter, you know, John's book of uh, chapter six of John. Let's do it. Right. Let's let's go if he wants to go deeper, which he probably would need to. But it's still that introduction. It's never too late. I don't care if you're 80 years old. Look at scripture. God, look at the Old Testament. How many people that got called? Right. They were pretty old when they get when yeah. they started. I mean, we, we think it's too late. It's never too late. It's not. It's like us saying God's incapable of helping so and so because they're too old now. Well, that's great. Again, that's from the evil one. God's incapable. Yeah. That's crazy talk. Yeah, I, I want Joe. If you don't mind, I want to stay there one second. I, I, I this, this I think is important to to convey to our audience. Damian O'Connor is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. It's I want you to emphasize, Damian. All right, because we're talking about we, we have to run the race to the end. I think Paul said something like that. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to run the race to the end. You mentioned it's never too late to get back to adoration to get back to the basics. But I want you to talk about maybe sometimes we think. Uh, don't get too complacent if you're already in the race because the evil one is constantly bombarding you. And if you get a little too complacent, it's never too late for you to lose your soul too or to be in danger of losing your soul. So I want you maybe you talk about that balance a little bit of always constructively, not beating ourselves up, but reminding ourselves, I know what I'm, the direction I'm going, but I'm not taking anything in this, any of this for granted. I just have to I have to keep and run that race to the end. Sure. Talk about that, that that being watchful for that pride. Yeah, and I'd like to, if I may, repeat what I said before when it with, with this particular topic. If I think that I'm holier than you, Joe, or that I live a better life and I'm going to confession, I'm doing I'm all these so-called holy things, therefore I'm better than you. Therefore I can I could take a break once in a while from that. You know, maybe I go on vacation, go to the Bahamas. I'm just making that up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's my schedule's different. So my prayer time or my that that schedule that I have at home is off, right? Oh, I'm good. Really? Are you good? And I may be having a great time. I'd like to repeat what I said before. Then I just declared 
that I'm smarter than the evil one, that I, I, I don't need all this. Uh, you kidding me? You think the evil one stops coming at me? Absolutely not. And God's just waiting for us to come to him. That's the trick here. If we don't go to God, the evil one's coming right at us, right? Yeah. But, but if we choose God and we make him the center of our lives, vacations, whatever that is, well, then the evil one has no power against us. But if you got to be very, very careful, and I see this in Catholic circles where we think, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Maybe I, maybe you'll see a guy flirting with some other woman, and it's fine. Really? Not. It's not fine. Yeah. It's yeah, not thank fine. You, th thank you for going over that, Damien. Appreciate it. Joe Racinello. I want to talk about something that jumped out at me when I was reviewing the film and preparing for this talk. It, it, parents have to make a serious commitment in terms of prioritizing the faith with their children. Again, what does that mean? Well, at the minimum, the church expects as Catholic parents to take their kids to church. That's at the minimum. And they get the sacraments up to confirmation. That's a promise you make. We talked about this on the other side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But the world has gotten very aggressive. And I'm going to tell you again, full disclosure, I went to University of Scranton. Damien went to Iona and Fordham. Joe went to Seton Hall. And people like us. Uh, many of our friends probably very successful. Some of them make a lot of money. What do you prioritize with your kids? What's the number one thing? Is it getting good grades? Is it him being the, the middle linebacker on the football team? Those are good things. But what's the most important thing? That they become practicing Catholics. Why? Because that's going to guide every single one of their decisions for the rest of their life who they marry, what they do with their time, what they do with their money, what they do with their career. And that's not going on. It's not going on. And if you're not making a conscious decision, your children, I'm going to say it because this is who I am, are going to get eaten alive, whether they go to Princeton or they go to the community college because we're watching it in real time right now. They will get eaten alive talk about that conscious decision because it needs to happen now i was very blessed to before working for the knights to work for the church and i saw countless countless kids that came from devout catholic families right that went to a secular school or a so-called catholic school that really wasn't catholic if you know what i mean and it literally undid everything that they learned right growing up. And so we have to be very, very careful with the choices that we're making. So not only do we have to form them in the faith to the best of our ability, but that also means evangelizing our kids, not just, not just teaching. It's also helping them to have that encounter with Christ. And then we have to help them learn how to make the right decisions moving on. What's the right college to go to, for example, as I just said, it's really, really important because it can I've seen it many times. So when my daughter went to had to choose a college, I said, well, you got these choices and that's it that's because we're it. not messing around with this. And also we had to pay for it. If you'd already been, you get right. loans and all that stuff. But, and she, she picked a school and she's now graduated glory to God. And she's now teaching in a Catholic school and I'm not canonizing her. Trust me, but the right school, it, it deeply impacted her faith life because it continued it. But I've seen so many kids that lost it. These are from good families, too. It's very sad. 
No, I hear you. I hear you. Damian O'Connor here is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Knights of Columbus, Vice President of Evangelization and Faith Formation. And we are discussing Into the Breach, the mission of the family. It's a video series. All five episodes can be viewed on the website, kfc.org forward slash mission of the family, which focuses on strengthening Catholic marriages and their families. Damian, you know, we could we could talk to you for hours and hours and we have limited time. I'm going to hand it over to Joe and we'll keep it moving. I want to talk about also focusing on parents. Uh, we talked to uh, Ray Garendi uh, a couple yeah. times on the show. He said that the world comes into the house like a mist under the door. It sneaks into every home, and it does. So men have to be vigilant. And words don't cut it. You have to be prayered up. And I'll be honest with you. I I, I go to confession Father Haggerty at St. Pat's, he's my confessor, phenomenal confessor, 12 o'clock every day at St. Pat's. And he said to me, Joe, you know, think about how you'd be if you didn't do what you do sacramentally. You see, you're not going to do it. You're not going to give the example. And kids don't just listen to words. They see everything you do. So what do we have to do? rosary mm -hmm. sacramental life you have to get that iceberg back to patrick kelly formation the words aren't going to do it you see again you talk about the evil one he laughs at the strongest of us he's smarter than the smartest of us but he's afraid of the blessed mother talk about the family rosary because that's the weapon i pray the rosary with my wife every night Last night, I'll just tell you the truth. My my son, Jerry, acting horribly, drag him out of the room physically because he's beating on his sister while we're praying the rosary. That's not uncommon. I don't live. It's not the Brady Bunch. Alice isn't serving milk at the kitchen table. You don't have a maid? I thought you had a maid in, in New but Jersey. My point is this. Every night we pray the rosary, and I'm hoping that that will resonate with them down the road and never discount the impact of the Blessed Mother and the rosary. Talk about the need for the family rosary. Well, I'm a huge fan of the family rosary and uh, for many reasons. But there was a recently I was reading uh, there's an exorcist that said every time the Hail Mary is said in the rosary, there was a demon that was speaking to the exorcist and said, it's like he's being violently struck with every Hail Mary. That's how powerful this the, it is. But practically speaking, Joe, it's a it's a wonderful prayer and it's easy to teach children. It's something that they can do for their entire lives. It, but it's an extremely powerful prayer. And you just said something I think is so important for the listeners. I remember years ago asking this father of this family of 10, I'm like, God, they're so holy. And they pray the rosary every day. How do you do it? And he said to me, and I, and I love this story, he said, Damien, I've been to confession for more times for things that I've said and done during the rosary than for anything else. In other words, it's not easy. Some days it's beautiful. And some days I want to, I got to drag my kids out. Like it's, it's not easy, but it's intentional. But I'll tell you something, Joe, all 10 of his kids are all boys. All of them are faith-filled men right now. Again, not canonizing these guys, but it, they're impressive. And they prayed the rosary every single day as a family. And yeah, there's times when it's not easy and they're acting goofy. And you, and you think, what did we accomplish anything just now praying this rosary? Of course you did. Of course you did. It's extremely easy and powerful form of prayer. 
You know, it's funny you said something because I go to confession a lot because of my reaction with my kids. In fact, mm. that Jerry incident, I'm due. I'll be <laughs> full disclosure. Fair enough. But when I go to confession, I try to go with to Father uh, Haggerty because he keeps me in point. Same guy. He knows me. It's humbling. Sure. You see, God enters the humble heart. Pete, why do I say that? People who hear it, oh, I'm not perfect. Well, neither am I. But God will recognize your humility and enter into the wound and make you the person you want to be. Because we can't be the person we want to be on our own. You can't read your way into heaven. But you could get on your knees and get into heaven when you're humble. And when you do what that man just said, I know it, it's embarrassing, actually. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Sure. Coming straight from my mouth embarrassing but if you put yourself in that situation god will enter your soul talk about that because that stops people from doing it stops me something well it doesn't stop me it scares me sure. but i do it anyway it embarrasses me but i do it anyway so that whenever that you just said i think you said it was last night or whenever it is right you drag your kid out of there whether it's immediate or soon after the evil one does come into your head saying you see you're not a good father, right? You're never going to be a good father. Like the temptation comes in and we have to, we have to name it that it's not of God. It's not of God at all. That's the evil one saying, see, cause he wants to trick us. He wants to trip us up. Right. And so we're going to lose it. We're going to lose our temper, this and that, but we have to, a true man is truly humble. And when we fail and I fail every day, I often joke somewhat joking that I could go to confession every day. <laughs> it's just, I'm constantly screwing up. But as a man, I know that I've screwed up and I know that I need healing. And I know, as we said before, I need to keep moving forward. In order to keep moving forward, I have to go to confession. Otherwise, I get stuck in the muck and, and the evil one keeps coming at me, right? But I have to move forward. So it's amazing, as you know, Joe, when you go to confession, it's extremely liberating and freeing. It's also terrifying, too, because I know I'm probably going to screw up again. But it's, but it's okay. I need to keep moving forward, as you said before. I, I think I think I mentioned it earlier, Damian O'Connor. I, I think the important distinction, um, because some people might say, well, you guys talk about it like you you know, you stumble and fall. Right. I think the distinction is, but we also recognize that when we sin, we are going against the natural order of things. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are acting in a way that is not in line with the Logos, who is Jesus Christ. Okay. So if you look, and where I'm going with this is Joe mentioned Ray Gorendi saying the the that the evil one, all the 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 evil comes like a mist under your door. Talk about see, I would tell men out there who are, let's say, far away sake, I gave up HBO. I don't want I don't watch HBO. It's anti-Catholic, it's anti-Christian. That's as plain as the nose on your face, and a lot of other things that are it's small, but I think at the end of the day are kind of big. Talk about the need to recognize that none of that represents the logos or the good the true and the beautiful and by putting it on the tv or buying products and supporting companies that really don't like us they don't like our worldview okay they take our money left and right all right talk about the need on a practical level to get rid of that. that's a sacrifice people like clicking something and have 10 packages come to the door all right or watching reruns of the sopranos or whatever the case might be people like doing that all right um i used to like doing that but mm -hmm. the point is talk about on that very practical level that none of these companies are our friends and we need to be very discerning 
in the interest of protecting our wives and children, okay? We need to be very discerning on what we're watching, what we're listening to, and where we're spending our money. We probably have a couple minutes, Damien. I'll, I'll sure. give you that. And then, uh, and then afterwards, the final word and where everybody could, could watch the series again. Sure. And when it comes to commerce, boy, it's extremely difficult. I almost can't even buy clothes. Like it's because of sweatshops and all these, these different things that are companies that are out there. Where do I go? What do I do? So some of that I can't control, but some of it I can. And the huge sacrifice would be, and this is extremely controversial for a lot of people, um, like the iPhone or the 10, the five TVs in my house or the shows that we watch. I might need to eliminate some or all of that, which is I mean, it's crazy talk to people nowadays. Well, it's just a thing. It's accepted. Really? If that is causing harm to my children or to my family, I must protect them from that, whatever that might be. And there's other examples as well. And that's not easy to do in today's world. Today, it's like, well, it's just everyone's got that or everyone's doing that. Or you're going to miss the game. You ever watch? I mean, the Super Bowl now, we don't have TV at our house. But when I, I go to someone else's house to watch the Super Bowl, because I love I do love football and I watch these commercials. And I'm kind of scandalized, to be honest with you. It's soft porn. I'm like, what is going on here, right? But the people around me, they're kind of used to it because they're just consuming it. We have got to be intentional about what we're consuming and what we're exposing our children and our families to. I want to give you, I want to give you a perfect example, Damien, of, of, of an, a, a real-life example. I started watching a show uh, at one point uh, on Amazon Prime, okay? Mm-hmm. And I like detective stories, all right? I, I, I love movies. I like, te- I like detective series and all that. Yeah, I still love Law and & Order, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the show. It's like, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't hear one GD, thank God, okay? There was some mm-hmm. cursing, but I didn't hear one. Okay, so far, so good. All right, I could deal with some profanity, all right? And three episodes into it, there's just got to be the, and it was a senseless, senseless, obligatory sex scene uh, with the main character and a woman, and she gets out of bed, and then there's a shot of her from behind walking towards a patio or balcony or something. I said, that's intentional. That, like you said about the Super Bowl, through mm-hmm. commercials and things, it's all intentional. It's all meant to trigger us. Guess what? I like the show. I stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not giving. I'm not. I'm not going to give them the ratings. I'm not going to do it. And that's just a stupid little example. But if I could do that once, I could do that a thousand times. If I can make that decision, I'm not going to let them into my house once and start doing that. You could do it a thousand times. Damien, I'm going to give you the final word. Please tell our audience the title of the series, where they can watch it, and where they can follow you on social media. Uh, thank you. It's Into the Breach, The Mission of the Family. It's a five-part series. Each episode is roughly 12 minutes long. And what I haven't mentioned yet, it's all it's free. You could download it if you like. And there is a study guide, which I strongly encourage, whether it's couples or men, to come together. Our Knights of Columbus are already doing it because it helps you go much deeper into the topics that are that you'll see uh, in, the, in the series. And uh, I strongly encourage people to, to check all that out. Okay, Damien, thank you so much. Uh, You know how much we love having you on the show. We always have a lively conversation, an important conversation. So God bless you, brother. We'll talk soon. God bless you. Thank you. You got it. Damien O'Connor, we thank him once again, and we thank all of you out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Download the app. Share it with your friends. Share this conversation with your friends. And if you see it on social media, Rumble, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, like, subscribe, share. Help us spread the word. Help us get the message out there, all right? Because that's what we're all about as Catholic men and as Catholics. So we want to thank you once again. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation. And that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.